Grai. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. They sweep down to the turn and Coupe de Ville's been comfortably ridden in front, but up goes on the outside, scissorating. She's off early and leaves Flash Ombre a few lengths behind. Hot chocolate back along the rails, Brookville on the inside. Surprise selection coming into it, scissorating. Ross goes for the detonator butter and it sizzles all right. It's scissorating away for about a four-length margin. Scissorating, three runs in the area, three wins, perfect record here. Goes home by five over Coupe de Ville, hot chocolate made up ground. Flash Hombre, surprise selection, Brookville and Nixie Boy at the tail of the field. No doubt about your winner. Sicilating. Yes, Sicilating taking out the 1,200-metre uh, Class B at Blackhall for the Barco Amateur Race Club on the weekend. Part of a winning double for jockey Alicia Ross and news on that meeting as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. News also coming out of the Chinchilla program on Saturday where Hannah Richardson rode a double. We'll recap what happened at Mount Isa and Penong on the weekend where it was Cup Day and the Cup going to give peace a chance. And also a recap on uh, what's been happening so far with some of the dual qualifiers and an update for you on the uh, Magic Millions March sales at the Gold Coast. Lots to get through on the show today and helping us get through lots as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And uh, gee, it was great to get back to behind the binoculars at that meeting at Blackhall. I'm having a lot of feedback here, Tony, by the way. I can hear myself talking a bit too much. <laughs> you also turned it down at your end, I think. Turn it down at my end. Yeah, the uh, the feedback's coming through from that side. I think the, okay, the echo is there. So but... I've got to hit the return button. <laughs> As you see say, go good to be back at the races on the weekend after having a, a reasonably lengthy break through the, uh, the Central West and the North West. And uh, it's good to see people back on the track as well. Yeah, it was a great meeting in that regard as well because there was a good uh, probably 200, close to 200 people really enjoying the day uh, out there at Blackhall. It was very hot and humid and uh, it was about the only time in the uh, caller's box or the stand where there wasn't a breeze blowing on the day. But uh, we got through it well, although a little bit of a hiccup that the country tracks are facing at the moment, Tony. The photo finish equipment that gets supplied um, through Racing Queensland uh, unfortunately did not work and it continues to be a problem at many tracks I think um, the equipment came and it was repaired it had new software and even uh, the young steward uh, Ethan and the um, the photo operator lady uh, they had it all worked out but it just would not come uh, together and it all comes down to there's some cords missing at the back that need repair but everything else got repaired by, by those cords so mm. It's a bit of a frustration for the country meetings when uh, they get held up and it comes down to this technical side of things. And it's so important. Of course, you know what happens most of the time. They, the first race, you've got three horses going across the, uh, the finish line all locked together. Um, so the judges really earn their keep. But, of course, we were lucky. We had the Greater Western Racing Queensland vision happening and, of course, the ability to use phones, etc. But it is a little problem that keeps rearing its head at country meetings. And uh, just be good if... 
RQ can get on top of this with the equipment that's going on. It's not a gripe for the day, but it's just something that holds up the race day, Tony. Yeah, it's one of those things, especially when we're getting to that sort of level of, uh, you know, like you're trying to split noses and, and even smaller margins. Uh, in the old days, it would have just been declared a dead heat. It was too hard to try and split them all. I mean, it's easy when our Vera wins by four lengths, and, uh, and as we heard, scissillating one by something like six or seven. Uh, but when you've got noses and, and uh, half heads in it, it does make it pretty tough. Yeah, and it's um, when you can see there's a cord hanging by a bit of sticky tape, well, it's pretty obvious that needs fixing. And, and that's where the margins come into play. To me, that looked like four or five or six lengths, but it was actually nine lengths the judges went for, so it makes it hard for them. But let's move away from that and concentrate on that win of sisolating because this sizzling, it's had three from three in the area. And Pam Carroll on the owner has got a good one on her hands here, and Toddy Austin, of course, and Alicia Ross. Uh, there was big money for Flash Ombre to beat it, and uh, Alicia really stole the show just before the turn, kicking away, and uh, Flash Ombre couldn't go, couldn't go with her. It ended up in in the fourth placing. Now, you know, this this horse has come into the area last year. Uh, two from two, the big win in the maiden at Blackhall, followed by the big win at Bar Calden, now steps up against horses like Flash Ombre that came with race fitness on their side. And uh, look, it's only going to get better. So it's an exciting horse to be following. And I like the fact it's by sizzling. They seem to be really shining on the country tracks. When we look at Mount Isa, you'll hear more of that. Um, and th there's a real, as they get older, these sizzlings, they seem to really produce the goods. So an exciting time for Todd Austin. I'm sure Alicia Ross is going to be uh, suggesting, well, I'm on this horse wherever it goes because uh, it was a big win first up from the spell. As you said, uh, Alicia had a double. Wayne Baker produced Alvira first up for the stable. Uh, Five-year-old mare by Ad Valorum, and it bolted in by four lengths. Disco Light's pretty impressive in second. It tried its heart out, and it'll get better over distance. And Mount Benny, even though it was beaten 14 lengths, it was probably about 20 lengths off them at one point, and it absolutely rattled home into third place. But that winner, Alvira, I think can also uh, win more races out our way. Impressive in the open handicap in the Baku Butchery open handicap was best guess for leading jo uh, trainer Billy Johnson and Dakota Graham, the stable jockey. This Snippetson had two wins in three placings at his last five and came off a third at Rocky. Now, Prince Planet, a newcomer for Mark Johnson, I think is really worth following. Paul Randall rated it perfectly in front, and it was only in the last 75 best guess you could see getting the better of Prince Planet. And I think that race fitness came out on top there. Uh, but follow Prince Planet. And uh, Benjai Pegasus also coming home into uh, third place. David Rewald kicked off the meeting. Trainer, double uh, jockey combination. He got a double for the day as a uh, trainer. He rode the first one, Granola State. Came over the top of our Saiyan Rural Rebel. It was neck by neck to start the day. Uh, but it was he, he's a horse also on the way up. And Rodney Hay, who owns this horse, Tony, this was it cost three hundred thousand as a yearling, and this is the vagarities of racing, isn't it? Three hundred thousand as a yearling, he paid seven hundred for it as a tried horse, and he's had two of the three wins now. So, I think Rodney's got the good end of the bargain there. Um, but there's a big difference between those monetary figures. Um, and you're not wanted. Wrapped up the meeting for Dave Rewell. Brooke Richardson got her first winner for the day uh, on the five-year-old mare by Wanted. Uh, strong in the last 50. Got the better of Zorro Macho. First up for Patrick O'Toole and Paul Randall and Louis the Legend. Now, here's a story. Cody Collis. He went high in the air out of the saddle. It, it sort of dipped on jumping. And I thought, my goodness, he's out of this saddle. And he came back down. He landed in the saddle. He got his uh, irons back. 
but he would have been a good six, seven lengths behind the second last horse after they jumped. And it's absolutely motored home. It was a good ride, Cody, because uh, you did well to stay in the saddle. But you got the best out of the horse in the end, and it only got beaten by 2.7. So a bit unlucky for the Glendabell stable there. But uh, take nothing away from you're not wanted. This horse is on the way up, first up since October. Two wins, two placings from its uh, prior uh, four starts. But the good thing about this meeting, Tony, was the Central West Jockeys Premiership got underway and uh, Alicia Ross has kicked to the early lead with six points. But because of this good 3-2-1 system, Paul Randall didn't get a winner all day, but he's ended up with five points with placings. And just behind them, Dakota Graham, Brooke Richards and Emma Bell on four points. So... It's only one, um, although someone lo locally, I won't name anyone, is declaring Alicia Ross an odds-on favourite this early stage. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's way out from the finish line. You can probably guess where that one came from, Tony. Oh, no, no, no names, no pack drill. I think it's great to have that sort of 3-2-1 system. As you say, you know, one meeting in and you're already looking at the, uh, the spread of points like that. So have a look at it after there's been something like five or ten meetings and see how they, how close the points tally is going to be uh, stacking up there. And some of those seconds and thirds are going to become very, very important end of the premiership. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it means that the jockeys keep looking at it and saying, well, the Central West is a good place to be going back to all the time and uh, if they can keep uh, in the mix, so as to speak, I'm sure they'll be keen to get back because they won't want that leader to get away. Um, now, there was something that combines the meeting of Blackall and Mount Isa from the weekend, and it's the Stallion Sizzling um, because he had a first-up runner... Uh, for the Jay Morris stable and um, the uh, Andrew Saunders ownership group here. Sizzling Touch, a three-year-old gelding. That's third start. It's an ex-guy uh, stable uh, runner. And it was dominant, seven and a half lengths over Crazy Suspect and Duntroon Man for the Jay Morris. And Rick McMahon also back in the saddle. Good to see Rick McMahon back. And I'm sure he's fighting fit and raring to go. And he's kicked home the first winner at $1.40 on the day. Now, big interest in the meeting in terms of sizzling because the reappearance of Balenti for Ray Herman and Matty Gray. Now, it's got beaten by Mr. Tyndall, a cap hero, uh, ex-Olivia Cairns. It's first run for the uh, stable Justin Borden, uh, Borden and Norbinyardi riding. He had race fitness on his side, and I did watch the vision of this, and Balenti came from a long way back and was really storming home, only one point, oh, one and a quarter lengths from Mr. Tyndall. And of, as we know, Balenti's another sizzling and had such a big year last year. Great to see him back after that injury. And uh, Capset was into third place, another three lengths away. So Mr. Tyndall got the honours. And in actual fact, Tony, last year, Balenti started his campaign in Mount Isa the same way. And it was Tango, uh, Tango Fire, Tango Rain that beat him. He's run second at his first start back again this year. So I don't know whether there's a form line there to suggest he's going to have another big year. Could be a, you know, um, a very big year for uh, for some of those sort of horses that are going to be aiming at the Battle of the Bush series. And we'll get on to that very soon because the uh, the venues and dates have been announced for the 2021 Tab Battle of the Bush. Yes, and uh, if I can please make a suggestion to the race magazine, could you not print all the detail white on green? I, ne I need a, a light and a magnifying glass to be able to read it. <laughs> so hopefully the facts we give out this morning are going to be accurate, Tony. But it's a little bit difficult, that colour combination. You need, um, you just need to be pink on green, uh, pink, uh, white on pink, like the uh, the page that's uh, next to it in the March calendar for the uh, the Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial North Queensland series. Uh, it's just a little bit easy to read. Little, little bit easier. Just a technical point here this morning. 
Um, that other that meeting at Mount Isa, um, Keith Ballard and Denise Ballard combined with more than fortune, the better than ready four-year-old mare, first run for the stable, coming from South East Queensland, defeated McKellar's voice, clearly by four lengths and Scottaby. Stephen Roy's and Jason Hooper. Now, great to see Jason back in the saddle as well. Uh, this exceed and excel galloper hologram, uh, an 8.5 length winner over Flossie Top and World of Pain. It's not unusual for these margins to be be big in Mount Isa and it was only those last two races they came back to one and a quarter lengths with Mr Tyndall over Balenti and the final winner Timmy Brummel a winner with Sean Roy's uh, Salentis uh, six-year-old by exceedingly good defeating Dark Archer for Ray Herman and Matty Gray good to see Matty Gray doing the travelling again this year and King Langdon into third so they were the two closest finishes but uh, Sizzling as a stallion, he's producing the goods, particularly in the country provincial areas, and uh, those wins out of Sicilating out of Blackhall, and of course uh, Sizzling Touch out of Mount Isa, and the return of Balenti add plenty of credit to his figures, Tony. Before we move on to have a look at what happened at Chinchilla on the weekend, a look back at the cutest jewel qualifiers, as well as some news on the Magic Millions March yearling sale at the Gold Coast. Quick glance at the calendar for next week. Uh, we've got. Uh, on Saturday, uh, Dolby Newmarket Day, and as well as the Lightning at Bunya Park for the Dolby and Northern Downs Jockey Club, as well as racing at Atherton. Fingers crossed that everything A-OK in North Queensland with uh, the uh, Cyclone bearing down. We lost the Bowen program last weekend. wasn't uh, Cyclone related, but uh, we still would like to be able to see some racing get underway. Uh, further down towards uh, the uh, the southeast, uh, racing at Charters Towers. I know that's not southeast, but I'm working my way down the corner to Gympie. They're also racing on Saturday, and out in the west, Charleville racing this weekend for the Central Warrego Race Club. And those pro provincial results, Tony, that came out uh, last week. Um, when you look at that Cairns meeting, of course, the uh, the Cairns meeting featured uh, Charlie Devilla with I think it was four winners, wasn't it, on the day? Fox Warrior, Sylvester. She also had a winner with Musical um, Musical Girl. And finally with Nice Retort and Roy Chalemi, uh, a double with Wanderson de Villa with Oriental Girl. And, of course, uh, Robic taking that cutest dual qualifier. That was a three-year-old qualifier. In fact, Roy Chalemi had the first five runners home in it. Now, it's going to be interesting whether these horses actually venture down. I did read that Roy wasn't too uh, concerned about going down given the, the distance etc but I'm sure the uh, connections will finalise that uh, information this week and of course then in um, Townsville you had Anna, uh, Anna Maria Anna Maria for Georgie Holt she had the Quinella gossiping girl the other one uh, that was a big win on that heavy track there up there in the cutest qualified two-year-old and again the decision being made whether to actually take them down but boy, oh boy, what a win by Ruby July. This Bell of Spree that's had two starts and on the wet track ran 55-7-4, I think it was in the last 600, and beat a good filly in which uh, Lily that's been in good form. So a real lot of interest coming out of some of these provincial um, wins, and that flows through, and I'm sure we'll hear more from Tony McMahon uh, on this, the uh, the uh, winner in uh, Caloundra on the weekend from Rocky, but Rocky itself, good to see Laprizi coming back from a strong win in the uh, open handicap there. And I don't think there was any other um, dual qualifiers or anything at that particular meeting. But the uh, two-year-old cutest going to alley kick uh, for Kerrod Smythe and Chris Whiteley. Did you notice anything else in the provincial starting? No, that was about it. Uh, Chris and Kerrod's uh, combined there with a double at that uh, program because they started off, as you say, uh, with alley kick and then came... Uh, 
came back later in the program uh, with Genoa. Uh, Frankie Edwards with that double, as you mentioned, at Townsville. And, yeah, I think the star of the show was certainly Charlie de Villa at, uh, at uh, Cairns with her quartet. Uh, two winners for Wanderson and two for Zach Lloyd, who is another that seems to have saddle wheel travel at the moment. Uh, Zach is doing plenty of miles and bobbing up all over the place, which is also good to see. Yeah, and Adam Sewell's another one I see picked up a, another win during the week, so um, good to see these jockeys travelling around. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. They go to the halfway, 700 left to go, and Vermutin controlling proceedings out in front. The margin still about two over Bill of Rights and Shining Blue. Inside the 600, Galvarino gets to a clear fourth now, followed by Russian Romeo being scrubbed along, then Lena Luster. Pat's girl not going well, drops out to the tail of the field. Up to the turn now, Vermutin starting to sprint, tapped along, gets clear about three lengths in front over Bill of Rights under pressure. Shining Blue now goes to second, Russian Romeo can't do any better. They're followed by Galvarino whacking away. In front though is Vermutin inside the 150 metre mark is nicely clear over Bill of Rights who's raising another effort but Vermutin all the way. Vermutin down, wins comfortably. Bill of Rights second. Galvarino up on the inside for third. Fourth is close between Luna Luster who finished okay in a photo for fourth there with Russian Romeo, Shining Blue and Pat's Girl clocks in at the tail of the field. That was Vermutin uh, taking out the uh, benchmark 60-1400 for Hannah and Glenn Richardson at the program at Chinchilla on the weekend. Robin, it was the uh, second leg of a winning double for Hannah. Yeah, it was the uh, final event on the program uh, for Hannah and Glenn and happy birthday, I believe, to Glenn Richardson yesterday. Um, a good way to Work into the birthday after the weekend with the win of Vermutin, an unusual suspect, second run for the stable, and pretty clear cut over Bill of Rights and Galvarino, and as you said, Hannah Richardson. Now, she had a, a good win on an interesting galloper. It's a three-year-old by one Gina, and this is a stallion I've been watching, and it, it's slowly picking up plenty of wins. Metropolitan winners, they seem to get better with age, and go Wanji for Tom Dougal. It's only had two starts, two wins, one at Dolby, the other run, and it was um, way too strong. Uh, three and a half lengths over Miss Blitz and Agent Albert. So um, I think it's one to follow. Go Wanji um, by Wangina. Now, the other winners at the meeting, apart from that double, uh, there was a double in the sense that Calculated Risk has won his last two runs now. He won at Taroom last start, and this Akid Mafid four-year-old mare coming of age, Dan McGilvray, Craig Smith, defeating Miss Make Peace and Camarillo. And the other winners on the day, Harry's my boy for Norm Larkin and Scott Swedman, the my boy Charlie, first win in 19 starts. He was third up, and he defeated Storm Zone and Craig Lee Daniel into um, third place and the one I should be backing every week if I was ever on a track where it's running it's spelt slightly different to my granddaughter Elena this one's a double L E N A Elena for Christine Wenk and Kelly Gates one at Nanango it's its last run 13th of February the Zoom Air and it's won three of its last four so that's a name I like to follow defeated Sweet Venom and last Armageddon and actually uh, Glenn and uh, Hannah running second in their combination in that race uh, as well. So a good day out for the stable. And Hannah Richardson with that um, double, she continues to ride exceptionally well. And just want to touch on what happened at Penong on Saturday in South Australia. We're following through with some of the uh, the country cups there and the Far West Farmers Penong Cup of 1,600 metres was the uh, middle leg of a riding uh, treble for Alana Livesey, who was successful on Give Peace a Chance for Des Courtney. Big win. Eight lengths was the winning margin ahead of Bottle and Bird. 
And it was another nine lengths back to one more Prince. Uh, Helena was able to uh, space the field there. She started off the day with her first win for trainer Mick White, who had a training double in the Benchmark 52 trophy on Mr. Me. One by three and a bit links there ahead of Zar Zoe and Golden Physician. And then she was able to combine with Mick to win the last event, the Benchmark 50, uh, 52 trophy over the 1400. And again, a big win here, four and a half lengths on onward ahead of Trembling and Scallop. Other winners for the day. I think big margins were the order of the day there at Penang on the weekend. Chatterfox won the first, the uh, Memorial Maiden Play 1200 for Ellis Wong and Tony Hattie, beating Portrait of Macy and Get Around Him, one by three lengths. And Taj Avedo took out the benchmark 56 over 1,200 for apprentice Felicity Atkinson and trainer Brian Lear winning by two and a half ahead of the Mick White trained Magnus Magic and Tilbury. That was Penong Cup on the weekend. Rob, I mentioned that uh, we're heading towards uh, programs of racing this week following on from the uh, tab meetings today, Emerald uh, Friday at Rockhampton. Friday's also Port Lincoln Cup Day in South Australia and a tab program at Dolby there on the weekend. The weekend's meetings, Atherton, uh, Charleville, Gympie and uh, Charters Towers. But then the following week, uh, all eyes heading towards the Gold Coast for the finals of those cutest duels, the two- and three-year-olds running over 1,200 metres at Aquas Park Gold Coast. And, of course, then on to the sales the following couple of days at Magic Millions. And this is a great time to bring on our next guest because he's got one horse that's coming out of Rocky that was... Uh, uh a fantastic winner on the weekend, Sweet Dolly, and I'm sure it's headed for the cutest jewel. Tony McMahon, welcome back to Bushbeat, and I think you're pretty excited about this particular filly. Yeah, Rob. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony, and good morning, listeners. Rob, uh, I think she's just uh, freakish, to be quite truthful. I don't think uh, she's been touched yet. I wrote a story for the uh, newspaper here, the Morning Bulletin, and the RJC Facebook page, which I'd urge people to uh, get onto. They have some great stuff in that RJC Facebook page. I spoke to Justin Stanley, and he didn't move on in the last 75 metres. He uh, he just sat up on it virtually, eat it to the line. And Justin said there was certainly more uh, more there from the filly. He said every time you give her some a kick or, a, you know, just a little shove, she gives you more. She won by, what, four and a half, pretty close. That ran outstanding time and had a good blow after the race, he said. So, yeah, look, she'll just win this race down there with a leg in the air. A couple of weeks ago, I told you, uh, your listeners, that she'd win it... Um, the Sunshine Coast regardless, and she did so. You know, all things barring any bad luck or anything, Sweet Dolly's got that $300,000 race wrapped up. She is the best two-year-old I've seen here. I've been here for 33 years, and uh, she is simply outstanding. No two words about it. That is a real uh, good call there, Tony. Uh, you, as you know the horses in that area, and it's so exciting to see such a good filly coming out of the provincial um, area. She's a real saga, uh, which unfortunately there's none left in the, uh, the catalogue uh, this year. Well, you know, he passed away, Real Saga, yeah. unfortunately. And, of course, Real Saga was a star for Rockhampton, too. He was owned by a lot of Rockhampton folks, trained by John Hawkes, and uh, the history goes back there. Um, this horse, Sweet Dolly's mother, the day that Sweet Dolly won at Sunshine Coast so easily last Saturday, which we're referring to, her mother got uh, beaten in a Class 1 handicap uh, 11 years ago on the very same day at Rockhampton, so it just goes to show you. But, uh, no, she's, look, she's freaky. She's in a very good stable. He was very kind to his horses, uh, Kevin Hanson, looking after her and... Uh, as I say, it, I know it's a huge call, but I can't see her getting beaten or things uh, being above uh, equal with luck and what have you. She's just simply outstanding. Well, I think there'll be a big contingent there on Saturday, uh, ourselves included, um, as that 
prepares us for the sale on the Monday, Tuesday. And this is a great catalogue, Tony. I'm a little bit underprepared still in terms of getting through it. But uh, I, I do notice that there's such a good range of stallions, um, not only Queensland stallions, but you start, you know, and you get the full first full crop of sidestep coming from Telemon Stud uh, into the sale. Of course, better than ready and Spirit of Boom have big books. And uh, you've got stallions like Dissident that are starting to make a name for themselves as their progeny get a little bit older. So the catalogue itself is so exciting, but uh, you've got all the details again on what people need to do to get to the uh, March Magic Million sale. Yeah, just briefly talking about that catalogue I want to hold you up. 92 individual stallions, and the ones I'm uh, really looking forward to having a look at uh, is a horse called Power from Oakland Stud. Mm -hmm. I make no bones about the fact that Neville Stewart's a friend of mine, but uh, Power is a a magnificent stallion. He's internationally acclaimed. His horse has been winning uh, and being placed in group races all over the world. It's his first crop coming from Oakland. There's uh, 12 of them. I'm really looking forward to them. I don't know if I can afford one, but I'll be trying pretty hard. And Whittington's another one. He's had a great run of late. Something like 10 winners in the last three weeks. A rogue battle of the first season side. So it's going to be a fabulous sale. Look, folks, if you want to go down to it, if you buy a horse for over $10,000, you make application to the Magic Millions. Your accommodation will will be refunded. So uh, they're putting us up to some great places again this year. The lady to get in contact with is Debbie Caltabiano at Magic Millions. And if you book through Magic Millions, if you are a genuine buyer... Uh, you'll get a reduced uh, accommodation rate too. So that's going to be fantastic. Really, really looking forward to it. Magic Millions boys are up here at Callaghan Park in Rockhampton on Saturday. And how how ironic it was that Laprizi, a first season better than ready, bought from that sale a couple of years ago, returned to uh, the winner's list with a magnificent run. Heard you just talking briefly about the cutest jewel races, Rob. There was a three-year-old place here at Rockhampton on Saturday, but I have it on uh, the, the right information from the owner, Gavin Miller, that neither Quinella the race with Princess Rules and Alicia's Dream, but neither will be going down to contest the big race. They just think that the, uh, the, they're a little bit too hard for them down there, those fillies over the 1,200 metres. And, uh, yeah, so and another thing, if I can just briefly mention, Bill Kogel, I didn't hear the commencement of the show, it might have been mentioned, because he was the uh, Taroom trainer that uh, passed away last week. They had his funeral at Taroom this day. Won an amateur cup here with Flapjack. Had some great horses, including Storm, Stormbreaker. But uh, he was a great character of racing. He'll be sadly missed. And uh, condolences to the Cable family out there at Taroon. Yeah, well uh, well said, Tony. And um, just finally with the uh, catalogue, I just also find it interesting that there's there's a few uh, yearlings there by some stallions that are, are getting booms on them, like Capitalist and Caravaggio. A lot of interest in some of these stallions. Flying Artie, of course, uh, with big wins and Extreme Choice. Um, the Colts by Extreme Choice are being selling for big money, even though he, he didn't have that many in his first crop. But as you see, Power's got those international representation. It's And, it, and even Rich Enough's got one in there. So uh, a huge range of selection. And it's going to be pretty competitive, I think, Tony, that average is going to keep climbing yeah we might have to uh collect a few of the bottles the empty bottles around the magic and <laughs> cash them for those 10 cents i think i've been as you know pull I'm... some resources tony <laughs> <laughs> we might have to do that but we can look as a great friend of ours david chester always said you've got to have the buyers there you've got to be there and uh, that's the whole thing you've got to be there you can always pick up a bargain so that's what uh uh, characters like you and I dream of. And look at the sweet Dolly. She went through a Magic Millions winning. So $1,500. Can you believe that? I mean, some horses don't know what they you know what they, what they they cost. That's, that's, I don't know. A fellow told me that a long time ago. They don't know that, what they cost. 
Uh, yeah, it's just what's inside them that, that's what makes it. Exactly right. It's like when you're betting on them. You know, horses don't know that they're uh, odds-on favourites or they're at 300 to 1 like Luna Fox on the weekend. They've got no idea what price is up on the bookies board. Exactly. And I believe, talking about that horse, one of the uh, uh, fellows here at the Rockhampton Jockey Club, uh, well, associated with the jockey, Rockhampton Jockey Club, backed that horse and had a lovely little win. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Did you see that? that would have made the weekend. I'm going off it on a tangent, but uh, did you see the uh, the post on Twitter about the the guy that you know how when you put a wrong ticket on or you you back the wrong horse yep. and you never cancel a ticket just in case? He had 25 each way on the wrong horse and thought, no, I'll hang on to this ticket, and it was Luna Fox, and he's collected nah. five thousand two hundred and eighty dollars for his, yeah, for his 25 each way wrong bet. Tony, can I can, can I give you another one like that that applies to out here? As you know. We do 4LG on Saturday morning and we have a tipping competition. And right. when I'm going to places like Blackall, I, I just get my tips and send them in. And for the first time, I actually wrote my best bet name down so they couldn't confuse it because one of the gentlemen that reads mine out tends to get the wrong uh, name put out. We're driving down and I hear that uh, my best bet of the day is, uh, I think it was Melbourne Race 7, Horse 6 and Luna Fox. And because I'd written the name down, what's he points out? No, Patrick, that's not the right horse. That's not Rob's best bet. Now, if if I just kept quiet about it and not <laughs> given them all the information, I think the boys would have had to uh, concede uh, with the tipping competition for the year. It's the closest I've been to the most <laughs> the rank outsider. Uh, that's a and great story. Yeah, great story. Anyway, I'm still coming second in the competition and I need a few more of those roughies to beat Max Tanks out here. But uh, it's well, funny how those things happen in racing, isn't it? It certainly is. Certainly is, Rob. Right? Well, what makes racing fun? Tony, thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this morning. Thanks. Thank you for having me. See you, guys. Tony McMahon there. See you in the sales. Check in with uh, with Deb Caltabianco there at uh, Magic Millions if you'd like to find out more about uh, the accommodation offer there for those uh, genuine buyers headed towards the sales. Rob, we mentioned before the uh, 2021 uh, dates have been released for the Tab Battle of the Bush series. 16 qualifiers commencing on the 1st of May at Quilpie, culminating in the final on Tats Tiara Day at Eagle Farm on Saturday, June 26. And to save your poor old eyes, I can read off these here. The uh, Quilpie Newmarket is the first leg on May 1. Then the following weekend, May 8, there are no less than four on the Saturday and one on the Sunday. On the Saturday, there's a 11.75 metre open plate at Burren Down, an 1100 metre open plate at uh, Gordonvale. 1100 metre open plate at Longreach, as well as an 1100 metre open plate at Mount Isa. And then on Sunday, the 9th, uh, Charters Towers at the Towers Jockey Club meeting have a 1200 metre open plate. 15th of uh, May, the uh, Charleville Newmarket for the Central Warrego Race Club, as well as an open plate 1200 for Jandowie. Then the following week, uh, we're off to Home Hill for an 1180 metre open at uh, Burdekin uh, for the Home Hill meeting there. Same day, there'll be an open plate of 1200 at Emerald. On the 29th of May, there are three heats. Cloncurry with a 1,200-metre open, Gundawindi with a 1,200 open and a 1,210-metre open at uh, Mariba. On the 5th of May at Gainda, 1,200-metre open. Bar Calden, 5th of May on the grass there, 1,200-metre open. And the last leg is Thangool on the 12th of June. Oh, those are the uh, the 5th of June, those Gainda and Bar Calden ones, by the way. Uh, 12th of June, Thangool with a 1,200-metre open. And that all leads up to the final to be conducted at uh, Tats Day Eagle Farm on Saturday, June 26th. Where the prize money goes to two hundred thousand or two hundred and two thousand, I think it is. And and please read the conditions because the conditions remain the same as in two years ago without the running last year. It's five 
country starts uh, in the previous 12 months and uh, no metropolitan wins. Um, I can't quite read all those details. I know the, uh, the, the country reps are meeting on Friday week and um, they're discussing all these conditions, but that, that hasn't changed for the Battle of the Bush from the series two years ago. But there could be changes in the wind, I think, coming for uh, the ones further down the track uh, and particularly for Battle of the Bush next year. So it's always a stage of tinkering. But it's great that these dates are out and the prize money's been boosted to 202000 for the final. I'm sure there'll be plenty of competition for it, Tony. We'll be watching those very closely, as we will the uh, 2021 uh, Racing Queensland Southeast Region Coast to Country Series. And that will kick off at Bundaberg on the 13th of March before heading to Monto on March 27. Gimpy on the 10th of April, on the 8th of May at Burren Down and on the 5th of June at Gainder. And I mentioned before the uh, Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Final Queensland Up and Coming Stayers Point Series and that's going to be running through uh, April, May, June and all the way into uh, July as well uh, with legs to be held at uh, Mariba, Mount Garnet, Gordon Vale, Cairns, Innisfail, Atherton, Oak Park and uh, wrapping up with a final at Cairns. And all of this information's in the current race magazine that's come out online as of yesterday and the hard copies will be in the mail. That's the show for another week. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au with any great country news for next week on Bushbeat. We'll catch you then. Thanks, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Luck and uh, Tony McMahon for joining us on the show this week. Good luck to the clubs racing this coming Saturday. Dolby, Atherton, Charleville, Gympie and Charters Towers. As always, the uh, link to the podcast, if you miss it, is available through our Twitter handle at Radio T-A-B-A-U-S at Radio Tab Oz and also available through our good friends at On The Bit. Uh, on the Bit Racing Australia through their Facebook page and a website as well. Put up the uh, the link to the podcast each and every week and we will catch you back next week once again here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.